0: Welcome to After Dark with me. Hi.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Welcome to a world of magic. <laughs> been- NBC. Your turn, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, we lost him? No, I'm just reveling in the silence.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm nah, actually nah.
0: Uh, vibrating. Uh, you can see that, only dogs can hear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what they hear is fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: for people who are listening to the show, this is after Dark, the one where we get to talk about what the fuck we want. Not really to do with Star Wars, but probably we will talk about it because we're losers. Uh, I'm currently eating a lasagna that I've created. Um, I'm watching the Euros final. Where, surprise, surprise, the Germans are being shitty. and getting away with fucking
2: murder. Um, That
1: sounds like history. Until, you know, it wasn't.
2: Until they got a little more chill. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, no, nah, they just got caught. <laughs> yeah, they, got little, they got a little
2: chill outside Stalingrad.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Stalingrad,
0: uh, no, uh, I just think it's kind. I just think it's kind of beautiful that history repeats itself. You know, we're having a bit of a crisis in Russia. We got them debating land topics and all that jazz. And at the same time, <laughs> Tolkien's back in the picture. <laughs> the global rise of fascism.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the global rise of J.R.R. Tolkien.
0: There we go. Because fascism is bad, um, but also...
1: Elves are good.
0: Get, elves are good. Powerful light, powerful dark. Absolutely. That's true. Oh, the Germans That's are getting true. told off again.
1: Also, speaking of... You know, we've touched on the Lord of the Rings stuff um, a little bit, but in our normal episode, but, 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 am I the only one who doesn't think Sauron is hot?
2: We don't know what he looks like.
1: But, like, the things that people are, like, screen grabbing and calling Sauron, he looks like Eminem.
2: That's the thing. We don't and know Eminem that's Eminem hasn't
1: him. eaten in three days. Okay.
2: Like, okay. there's... Th- th- as far as i'm aware there's that is just pure conjecture that it's even him oh, okay um like it could but be he's not. but but i don't i don't think it's anything to be concerned about yet um yeah it's uh it was it was, it was a choice um for sure <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean it, it, that'll be interesting to see uh, how that works out cuz Cause, cause also it's like we're in a we're in a point in time where sauron can have like many different looks Um, and he sort of like appears to people I think like differently um, under various guises Um, so it could if it is him it could just be one version of him um, and stuff like that so it's vibes I'm very I'm I'm excited to to see where all that goes
1: I'm excited as well. And I was sitting here and I'm like, "Man, I really want to reread the Silmarillion." And then I thought about it, and I went, "No. No, I've done that. I've done that." I'm like, "I'm not ready to to force myself into something like that again." It's it's good. It's a good read. It's a it's a hard read, but it's a it's a good one.
2: He um it's just like it's it's both Tolkien sort of like not Super accessible prose, taken yeah. to taken to the most extreme levels.
1: <laughs> it is like you gotta um, you gotta want it to want to read. But better.
2: it is it is also just like it's like the most incredible world building and um and epicness. But it is just like oh my god, <laughs> yeah. What is, what is happening? Um, and yeah, it's. Work on it it's 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 really interesting because it's like um the the rights distribution for tolkien's works amongst you know who can adapt what is some of the most convoluted shit imaginable (laughs) um like rings of power does or amazon doesn't have the rights to the silmarillion Mm -mm. Uh, they have like the rights to like appendix b or like something like <laughs> like the the appendices and maybe some other shit and and it's like it's like even though there are things that will probably happen that are in the silmarillion like uh like fall of númenor and all that um it's like i don't know i don't know what like navigated waters they've taken to to take some of this stuff and um it must have been like just the weirdest writers room to To like try and map out what a season looks like, and be like, "Well, we got one line about this person, so <laughs> let's so just go off on that."
1: For these <laughs> yeah,
0: I do like, like the idea of um, like Tolkien running out of book titles and then being like, "Uh, uh, the appendices and other shit
2: by
1: J.R. Tolkien <laughs> and other shit."
2: Yeah, it's um. I mean, yeah, because like. If you uh I think I, I'm only doing this because I literally have them right here. Um so like nerds append- <laughs> appendix B <laughs> that is the like the second age is like two pages. And they and they're or like a page and a half in my in my version of Return of the King. And it's just like you're gonna pull out four or five seasons of like a page and a half of like bullet points like that is ballsy um and yeah it's 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 gonna be fun i i hope at least um it all all indications of um trailers at least are very exciting
0: yeah like for me i was really excited about it because i'm here for all
1: signs pointed yes
0: Like when I was growing up I wasn't really like a Lord of the Rings fan, to be honest. Like I it was one of those things where like it might have been too nerdy for even me. All my friends like Doctor Who. Huh? Rude. (laughs) Okay, Doctor Who. This is before Doctor Who was back. That's how long ago this was, okay. Let's just chill the fuck out a bit.
2: It's too nerdy for me. Let me play with my screwdriver.
0: Go with Star Trek, Speaking
1: uh, of no, screwdriver, um, um, how many, how many um, vibrators do you think have been colloquially named by their owners, Sonic Screwdrivers?
0: Funny thing you mentioned, How, that, many... how many times do you think I was bullied at school using
2: that uh, joke?
1: Oh, I bet quite a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> joke's on them, because my prostate felt great. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, it's just, it just keeps going, you know. Oh, goodness. <laughs> my orgasms were so powerful. And look where they are now. Look oh where they my are. God. Yeah, jokes on them. Everyone who comes to that doctor is fucking G. You're <laughs> rapping the Matt Smith now. I was there. I was there, I was there at the beginning.
1: <laughs> You're not I, was possible there, I was there, was- Gandalf.
2: <laughs> 3,000 years ago. <laughs> <In> 2010. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah,
0: it's just like, you know, for me, I don't know, I don't know why I never really got into it because my dad loved, my dad liked it. Um. And then, probably twenty something. That's when I started watching them properly, and they're great. Weirdly
2: enough, um, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> How that uh, happened.
1: Yeah, Um, believe it or not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, like, for me, Fellowship of the Ring was the the theater experience that I often hear people talk about, um, the original trilogy having. Where, like, I went into Fellowship of the Ring and lost track of time and space. And, like, I just existed watching that thing. And then it ended. I was like, it's over? Really? They didn't destroy the ring. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't fucking know that it was a multi-parter. Um But also just, again, like, to be, oh, gosh, uh, it would have been nine, I think. Nine when that came out. Um And to lose track of an almost three-hour movie. It's like, yep, it got me. Yeah, Yeah,
1: those movies... You know, and they were my gateway into the books, which I feel like for a lot of people our age, that was kind of how it went. Um,
2: I feel like even outside of our age, that's how it went. Yeah, I think most. We read
1: the Hobbit in school. Everybody read the Hobbit, you know. I feel like, but
2: yeah, I think even even in school, I'd I'd read it after the movies came out.
1: Yeah, I did too. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: so it's like, and I think that's why. I think that's why a lot of people don't freak out at the Lord of the Rings movies in terms of like adaptations because they go fucking wild off book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like nobody talks
2: about that. Um because it that was that was the entry point. <laughs> so it's yeah, like there's exactly. no there's no like going back and looking at that. But yeah, it's uh yeah, they definitely I think the the movies were like the most incredible like gateway for sure.
0: Definitely, I think. Well, like about it as well is it obviously it's um, it's very much like the quirkiness and beauty of like the English countryside, um. You know, Tolkien was really like, obviously when he was at war and stuff, and the idea that somewhere like a country, beautiful country in like France, can become this hellish sort of destructive place just mm-hmm. by the, you know, the mere. Whims of a few people who want power—it's Um it's, it's heartbreaking. But there's also like this, like beautiful quaintness of it, all. and I think that's what the trailer that I really enjoyed was that. Yeah, you have like Galadriel like being badass and seeing potentially Sauron and all that stuff, but also you get Bloody Henry going. There be there be ghouls here. I'm like, oh, Lenny
2: Henry, it's sir, Lenny Henry, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. And... <laughs> uh... Two and a half, three and two quarters. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, I, that, it's it's a vital ingredient to to that world. You have to get that innocence as well, and and sort of like what's what's not been corrupted. As of yet,
0: <laughs> yeah. What you're um, fighting for?
2: Mm-hmm. What did you think about uh, House of the Dragon trailer? Dude, House of the Dragon looks fucking good. It Doesn't it have... looks so good. Um, yeah, it, it's that's like I love I love what George R. R. Martin talked about when they were like. So how do you feel about Rings of Power? He's like, I wanted to succeed. Like, stop p- putting us against each other. Like, yeah, right. it, we are not the same. It, like, you can't just put. Oh man, the two fantasy shows going at it—it's like they have entirely different um sort of vibes and audiences, or not audiences, but like in the in the term of like as a family, you can watch Rings of Power with your kids. Probably wouldn't do that with House of <laughs> well, the Dragon.
1: Yeah, probably not. I House of Dragon recommend.
2: is a kids are kids have gone to bed kind of thing, and like. And like that, that's a great thing to have. It's the same with Willow. It's like, if, what if Willow was coming out instead of Rings of Power? And they'd be like, oh man, House of the Dragon going up against Willow. And it's just like, this is like, those are entirely different realms of fantasy. And it's like, let them all party together. Um, yeah.
1: And you guys forget that we have more than one hour. Some like, I feel like a lot of people have more than one hour a week to dedicate to a television show. So you can watch both of them. Yeah. People can watch both. It's okay. We can coexist peacefully. We should, so that we can make more of both.
0: I don't wanna be like the generic creepy dude, but yes, I'm excited about House of the Dragon in terms of the, the storylines and for me personally Um I haven't read the books, so anyway. I know like the history of that, of those characters and stuff are pretty much outlined and you get like a good idea of what happens. I don't know that, so I'm really i've I've been tempted. I'm like, should I just read up on it beforehand and have a look and just like just inform my viewing? I'm decided not to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just because I'm intrigued by it, but then I also have to say that I'm very much
2: looking forward to just seeing Olivia Cook say anything. Come on, true, true. That voice is just. (laughs) I heard her real voice for the first time like a few weeks ago. Oh wow, really? And I'm like, oh, she sounds like my cousins. <laughs> I was like, and then I looked up where she's from. And I'm like, oh, I have family there. <laughs> Maybe you're related. I mean, you never know. You never know. Good if old, she's
1: not, old, she about to be. Come on. Good home.
2: old old, um, old um, gang, rocking out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really fascinating thing with House of the Dragon because, like, for me, like, season one Game of Thrones was my gateway. Then I read them all before season two came out. But um this is like, now I already know the people before they've come, before they're like on the screen, right? I didn't know that with Game of Thrones, except for like people added later. Um So now it's like, I can look at all these uh characters and like really have fun with the idea of like who the, who the like sort of culture is going to gravitate towards. And like, who are people going to like, ride for? Who's going to be the Joffrey? You know, who's everyone going to hate kind of thing? And it's, it's fun to like, have those little, um, little questions leading up to it. Um, cause yeah, there's, there's like, this, this is, I remember when I read the, the first sort of like, account of this war, um, that he put into, uh, or he wrote down, um, it's like it's like an eighty-page novella in a in a giant um, short story compilation, and it's just like eighty pages. It's like if you condensed every emotional peak and trough from Game of Thrones into eighty pages. <laughs> it's like that's oh what this God. that's what this war feels like. Um, and so, yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely wild. There's going to be one fight that, if if they do it. The way it reads on the page, it will be possibly the greatest moment in the history of both Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. Damn. Um, oh, shit. cause like it, it's, it is a fight of the most epic levels. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait. That, that won't be this season. That'll be probably like closer to the end. I think, I think they're giving this like a five season run. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would expect that to be maybe even the last season. It happens pretty late. Um, and then, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be really cool to see, to see how people react to people's fates.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm still unaware of most of the stuff that happens. The only thing I think I got close to in terms of character like descriptions or like what to expect is that every time I see a, like a post about. Matt Smith's character. Mm. Everyone just calls him a fuck boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that accurate? Kind of. He's <laughs> he's many things. Um I I can I can find the uh oops, just knock some shit over. Um,
1: he's a well rounded fuckboy.
2: Yeah, there's so there's a uh, a short story like entirely dedicated to him that um George R. R. Martin wrote. And uh, let me see if I can find the... Uh, here we go. The title of this short story is The Rogue Prince or a King's Brother. Consideration of the Early Life Adventures, Misdeeds, and Marriages of Prince Daemon Targaryen <laughs> as set down <laughs> by Archmaester Gildane of the Citadel of Old Town. So yeah, this guy is... Um, he's, he's, been around and, uh, he's been around. And he enters... A lot of interesting alliances and relationships, and some good old incest and everything we love from the oh,
0: nice.
2: Targaryen dynasty. Oh, good. Well, yeah, that's
0: the, that's the other thing I'm really in, interested about, which
2: I know personally is going to make people interested.
1: Not the incest. What, what? <laughs> I thought you were about to say that you were personally interested in the incest.
0: <laughs> uh, excuse you, just because I'm from the UK. Me and my my cousins are very inside right now. (laughs) Um, No, uh, no, I think what's interesting for me and what I love about this stuff and why I love history and why people are going to get very angry, I would imagine, just by the basis of the internet and people being stupid is that these stories, which I love about them, is that they're stories and not everything might have a bias, but everything... Not everything it might have a purposeful bias, but everything does have a bias or lack of details. And what they mentioned in the behind-the-scenes footage for this show is that some of the stuff that we hear about in Game of Thrones, like long, long old stories and traditions and whatever, might not be true <laughs> or might be yeah. read in a way that is biased towards the victor, obviously, like
2: you well, see that's, in real life. That's Interesting. The, that's what's funny about um, what I just read. Um whenever he writes these things, he writes them as Archmaester Gildane of the Citadel of Old Town. So it's like you're not getting it from this um, you know, like omnipresent point of view. Like you're getting it from the guy who's recording the history. Exactly. So like so like even structurally in the novels or the literature, it is it's POV, it's what is happening. And yeah, they said they said what you see in this show is what happened um so like there there you know you could read all the books and probably still have surprises um or not all the books it's like one book uh or a part of one book um so that, yeah you could but you could read the sort of detailed history as given and um and then the show's going to be like so this is this is actually how it went down which is exciting. That's, cool. that's what I love.
0: Yeah. Like, cause you see it a lot, especially like with people on Twitter who think the historians and are like, yeah, but you have to remember that this happened at this date. And someone's like, yeah, but think about the context of why that was written, who that mm-hmm. was written by. Like think about how much shit was talked about Cleopatra after. Oh yeah. Brutus, uh, not Brutus, uh, after Mark Antony died, mm-hmm. like, of course, they're going to be <laughs> anti-Cleopatra.
2: Octavian's not going to be like, do you know what?
0: Tell, tell the truth.
2: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we just whooped up on them, but let's uh let's paint her in Be a nice there. light. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gracious as ever, as
1: well, everyone knows, yeah. knows sure, Octavian. Yeah. You
2: know, <laughs> <Same laughs> every yeah. gracious Octavian. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Even that, that fight I was teasing um in terms of Literature, they leave it kind of vague as to what happens, like what actually happened. We don't actually yeah. know, um, like in, in terms of how it resolves. So, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be super cool to see um, what is considered like the official account um, where they plant their flag in terms of specific things.
0: Yeah, like, when you play it, like, a a multi multiple like, level-ended game, and then you pick up the sequel, and it's like, this
2: happened, you're like, no,
0: it didn't! I didn't do that!
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, the, um, like, the RPG kind of stuff, where... Yeah, like, like Elder Scrolls. Yeah, and they're like, oh, these are generic choices we made to just do story. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I did not do that. Thank you very much. Um...
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I think there's a lot to delve into of those stories and I'm really intrigued. Fantasy's living at the minute, and that's good, I feel like.
2: It's yeah, fun. it's ha- it's having its it's having its moment again. Um which is great. And Always healthy a plus. healthy competition, which is good. Yeah, it's um and it's all it's all like a symptom of, you know, streamers or the streaming uh, you know, platforms. Wanting to have the thing, um, but if you don't give a shit about <laughs> what the streamers do, then you're just going to be having a good time watching all the <laughs> shit you could possibly imagine, because everybody's got something um, to to get into. You're damn right! Tell you what, as well, um, Star Trek's doing pretty well, right? God damn it, they sure are! Jesus Christ! What a fucking world!
0: Do You know what? I um, I have to catch up before the shows. I, told, I think I mentioned this on Twitter. Like, I know that people are saying you, you you only have to watch if you if you if you want to, you can only just you can just watch certain episodes of Discovery. I want to go and watch all of them just because of the nature of I just feel like I
2: should. I'm intrigued. I mean, if by if I, you want to, yeah, I like I, mean, I like. You definitely don't need no three season three and four. For Strange New Worlds, no. But that would be, that would be, that would not be adding anything to the Strange I'm, New Worlds experience.
0: I am the dork who likes the world building. I like reading the maps and the history.
2: I like reading the 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 stupid it's like. No world building related though, huh? Like, there's no world building related in those third and fourth seasons.
0: No, but in terms of like timeline wise, I like to know. Okay, so whilst the Kelvin timeline departs at this part when the Romulans die. <laughs> Uh this is happening after that. Okay, cool. Like I just I just like knowing the timeline. I'm a big weirdo that way. Um so I am intrigued to see the stories just anyway, just, I am, mean, i am need to watch the shows. I'm very much excited to delve into those stories. Even if they're bad. <laughs> I'm just it'd be nice to dive in. Um and then I hopefully I get to watch Stranger New Worlds, so that's gonna be loads of fun. But the thing I love about Star Trek is that it doesn't take itself too seriously, and I love it when they do crossover episodes. I remember—I think it was, a, was it Deep Space Nine or Voyager when O'Brien goes back in time to the to the Tribbles episode.
2: Um, I don't know because I uh, don't—I haven't seen those ones. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> but, Um but it sounds like that's something that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be
0: voyage it st- yeah it's, it's one of them and they go back to the original epi- like the, the original triples episode and like the way they've cut around it like the 60s backgrounds is really fun and like really well done mm-hmm. and when I heard about the animated crossover between lower decks and strange new worlds I was like this is great because not only are you getting a time travel episode you're getting a whole like visual crossover in terms of like the animation live action.
2: I I tried to explain it to somebody in this in Star Wars terms, and I was like, "This is like if the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch yeah. crossover, and Ewan McGregor is directing it." Like, <laughs> yeah, <that's>, oh, wow, <laughs> that's literally how it how it like breaks down because they've got Jonathan Frakes coming to do it, who, or, as we all know, notorious notorious for directing Thunderbirds the movie, not a guy. What a guy. Um and first contact. So there you go. Um and yeah, no, he's he's very uh he's been pretty active in in terms of directing Discovery episodes. I think he's directed Picard episodes, um and then of course the old next generation movies. Um so yeah, no, it's it's just like it's wild. They're they're just like you said, like they are having fun with it. Um and I used to I used to always I like I became the thing I I wanted to destroy. Uh, so, like, I'd always get so annoyed at people when we'll say Star Trek or someone else does something promotion-wise, and then somebody gets on Twitter and goes, "Why can't Lucasfilm do this? Why can't Lucasfilm be like this?" <laughs> this is and, so and now, when I see how much fun Star Trek is having, I'm like, "Come on, Lucasfilm! You can! You can have this level of fun. You can!" Um, like I, there's just so many things like, like there's, I don't understand how Star Wars doesn't do a, um, what's it called? Like a post episode talk show for their, for their series. Like the Star Trek one is called the ready room and it's like Will Wheaton and they interview people Who after, Williamson? after each episode of like whatever's aired. And obviously like the the big sort of pop culture one is probably The Talking Dead. Um Yeah. That was maybe one of the first like real popularizers of it. Um But it's like when you see what they do it's just it's like letting I don't know, I feel like it's it's sort of like we got into this phase whether through um through sort of just like as a as a response to leaks, they shut, like, they shut everything down. And you get, like, your Kevin Feige's gonna murder me if I say anything type attitude, right? Mm. And like, that's, that's sort of gone consistently with Marvel, Star Wars, this sort of, like, everything is shut off, um, aspect to it. And I feel like now we're, we're sort of pulling out of that. And I feel like things like, um star trek when they they sort of they're letting you in on on the fun like as it's happening um yeah, instead like of Kirk, right? like when they announce well yeah that that too, but also just like i just mean in general with with these shows with these like post episode shows oh. um so like they'll interview the actors after, so if it's like if there's a you know a spock heavy episode it'll be that the spock actor on in this in this show and it's all like pre-done it's pre-recorded for the most part um uh but it's like and then like it, for the last episode they flew will wheaton to toronto and let him go see a season two set awesome. and he's like hey this is cool and it and it was a bar <laughs> like it's not <laughs> anything major right like it's just it's just cool um and it's just like you're telling me Lucasfilm you can't fucking get someone like Janina Gavankar to go like Please host a Gina little talk Gavanker. show like you know half an hour on like a YouTube upload and you know interview um whoever you know if say it's Mandalorian and somebody comes in for an episode or it's like Katie Sackhoff or someone, you know, like just have fun with it. Like you don't have to be so closed off. I feel, I feel like we're coming out of that, that phase.
0: Yeah. Same with, um, with Dr. Who, like this, the last, this current era that's just about to wrap up. I think one of the things that was kind of a bummer is that they've been so closed down. And like, even when promoting the season, they wouldn't give anything away to the point where I think people were just not tuning in because there's nothing to really entice them into watching it. Like, you can't say... I remember they, they cast... Um, what's his name? Oh. Jesus. I like, oh, keep saying keep people's names. Uh, bear with me. I will not. John Bishop. <laughs> oh, okay. John Bishop, Don- as one yeah. of the companions. And it was like, building up to the series and they're like so what can you tell us about dan and they're like yeah so he's an average guy he's from liverpool and he's he's a bricklayer and that's all we can really say and it's like that's not interesting <laughs> that's not what yeah. you sell a tv show on that's not gonna entice people and then ever since ross C. davis has come back to the show he he's for years like ever since he left doctor who like he did his own stuff and then like the last few years he's been like talking about how the show could be like Star Wars. Like it could have that, it has the potential in the world to like have different shows for different characters and different eras and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he wants it to be like Disney plus like, cause he's the one who made like Torchwood for the first time, which is like the first ever spin-off. And then he made another spin-off with an old companion and he wants that back. Like he wants to bring that back, but he's also very much like the sense that when they were filming the 60th anniversary, which comes out next year, and they've brought, they brought back David Tennant and Catherine Tate, he was just like, look, they're going to be filming outside. There's no point being like, oh, I don't know. So they announced it way before. And they did the same with Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. Like, Having Neil Patrick Harris mentioned this on the, the View, he was like, yeah, we were just about to film, and Rusty Davis just texted me and goes, hey, um, we might as well just tell them. <laughs> and but like, not tell them like who you're gonna be. You just, it's like very vague, like one of the doctor's worst enemy, like the most dangerous enemy that he's ever faced. Which is like interesting. She's like, oh, okay, that's enticing. And he's like, okay, I'll just take a selfie in character. And he took a selfie in character, looking mischievous and evil. And they put it out there, and it was like, damn, awesome. Okay,
2: great. Like that's intriguing. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like one of the best sort of modern examples I can think of. Is when when he was making the Hobbits, Peter Jackson would release these production vlogs. Yes. That didn't tell you anything. They even like made a joke about that. They're like, oh yeah, we're looking at a you know designs of Smaug, and then like they'd look at the computer as like Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> right? like, like they <laughs> I'm with you with that too. But that but like also just show you the process as it's happening. And I feel like that is that's a really valuable way to keep people engaged uh, and, and not feel like it's a closed shop that is just serving up food for you later. Like, and I think also like another one, and this is like way winding back the clock um, before, or as Halo three was being made, Bungie had Bungie made a podcast and they would, it just felt like the office was alive because they were all like talking about their work and they'd be like, this week we're going to have a sandbox designer come on and explain the cool new things they've like added to the enemy so that they're more interactive. So it's like, they're not telling you, so this is what's going to happen. And they're, and they're not afraid to tell you um the process and like what you can expect and have fun with and, and stuff like that. And it just feels now very old school to keep, to keep everything shut. Um And I think it's, It's something they've, it's something I, if I was in charge, um, I'd be, I'd be going in on because right now my, like, my mortal enemy is starwars.com. Like I have, I have a vendetta against (laughs) starwars.com. It's a, it's such a waste of a platform. Like Mm. it's awful. It is, it is an awful resource for fans.
1: I agree. I mean, I because I feel like there used to be so many other things on Star Wars.com that helped you feel like you were kind of getting a peek into the world without really spoiling anything at all. I feel like yeah. the Star Wars show when Rebels was coming out, like that had some really fun stuff, not re- like, quite Recon, as good as the quality right?
2: Recon. Oh, re- my God. yeah, that after episode, that episode by episode, Rebels Recon, after was show, the best. yeah, and like. Again, and that's like the thing that makes you feel like, oh, this, this is like a living, breathing place where people are like excited to talk about their work. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. it's that. And like, I, you just go to the Star Wars website and it's like links to Disney plus stream this on Disney plus <laughs> links, links to maybe some YouTube stuff. Um, and then like quizzicals and or listicles and which, which blank are you? And I'm just like, you could be so much better. You could just do so much more. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't know if they have orders from up on high on what the website needs to be, or if just people aren't incredibly creative and in making decisions for what goes on there. But it's like, like, one thing I would do, I think- I'd be like, you need you make a story group newsletter, a monthly newsletter from the story group, not telling you about what the shit they're going to be releasing, but just like tease fun projects. show what people are up to, I think that would like alleviate so much of the bullshit that goes on with online assumptions of what the story group does. Um, And then it's also like, they're also egg on an like executive enough level to have this overall picture and know what to tease. And, and just like, it's, it's just one thing of like keeping people, A part of things and, and like do, do more fan, um, do more fan engagement, do more, um, interview random people. There should be, there should be episodes of, um, you know, like the Lucasfilm archives where every time an episode of something airs, they go to the prop masters in the archives and be like, yeah, this is what, this is the blaster Cassian used. And like there's just so much they could do and are not doing.
1: Yeah.
2: And and it's 100%. like Yeah, and like now these these new streaming platforms like with Paramount because they do it for Strange New Worlds, they do it for other Star Trek shows, they do it for Halo. And it's like it just feels like they're behind and they could kick it up because it's also like you're telling me if they don't put, if they put their minds into it, they wouldn't like blow the shit out of everything else. They absolutely could um so yeah that's why that's why the star wars star wars digital space is my is my enemy right now i think
0: yeah i think obviously as well you got i'm sure there's like a, a boundary list you have where you have to hit a certain amount fco you have to hit a certain amount of blah 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 which sucks and it's and it's not just star wars it's the internet at large you see a lot of entertainment journalism sites i'm so fucking sick and tired of Reading an article and just being so depressed because it's not always the writer's fault, although there are some writers out there who it is their fault. Um <laughs> <It's more bad laughs> than what they do. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's one of those things where you can tell that they've been forced to do this because it makes clicks. The biggest, but it, it's such a disgrace in the name of news. Like one of the biggest things that hit recently was um, the whole Stranger Things thing, where it's like. Yeah, I can't believe this. Netflix have gone back and changed the scene where, where Jonathan takes pictures of Nancy. How that, de- like, like why did they <laughs> cut that out? Because it makes no sense. Like, what? Because later on, when he throws the camera down, when Steve throws the camera. It makes no sense because he didn't take pictures of Nancy. And then someone, I can't remember which outlet did it. I think it might have been Slash Films. Like, no, they didn't. It took you five seconds to go back, click on Netflix, click on the episode, and when that happens. To go and watch it and see that that had not changed whatsoever. Nothing. Zero percent had changed. And yet this had been spread around the internet and other people kept taking it up and lapping it on and being like, Yeah, well, they did say this would happen. And I'm like, Well, first uh, of all, chillax, you know? And also I know people keep talking about um the George Lucas of it, where, like I think the the Duffer brothers were like, Yeah, we're gonna go back in and like special edition that. That could be a joke. you know even if it isn't that's fine either way doesn't change anything but from my point of view they were joking
1: and i mean take it from this podcast itself you know how many times we say stupid shit on this podcast and remind you that we're a podcast that says stupid shit and then people take it seriously like charlie (laughs) you got a random question on your anonymous like did you really have sex with so-and-so at celebration did you really hook up with And I believe that question had to do with the three-way jokes that you and I made, that we made on an episode talking about how you, me, and Mel had a three-way in our hotel. (laughs) Somebody took that seriously. I'm not joking. It was blank, 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 five
2: letters.
1: (laughs) Like, we tell you that basically don't take any shit we say seriously, yet still people do not know what a joke is. Yeah. Like... Sorry, a- sorry, but
0: no, Claire. I do appreciate you lying there. Um, <laughs> no one else will on <laughs> know. Um. Oh, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, it was just you two going at it. I was just watching.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why oh, we moved Jesus in together. It's much easier to get some that way.
0: But yeah, oh, you're right. Goodness. Like, first of all, how would I explain that on a Q and A? I mean, I, I, I mean it did say ask me anything so to be fair I'm putting myself <laughs> up.
1: That's to be fair it, it was anything but I'm like, like yeah
2: sorry can I just read the the headline of something that went up on star trek.com
1: yeah sure Star Trek
2: yeah so okay, this 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 was a um pitched article from a freelancer Discovering Michael Burnham and embracing my autistic experience. One fan's connection to the captain of discovery. And it's just like, StarWars.com would never do that. Ever. No. Like they, they lack the ability or whatever to even entertain that. There's just not, like nothing interesting happens on StarWars.com. And I don't know why. I, I, like, I don't know who to blame. <laughs> someone must be <laughs> to blame. I, someone, must, must be someone must be punished. must be taken down. My fingers
1: are ready to point.
2: But it's like, again, it's just like, imagine if you went to StarWars.com and got to be a journalist. Like, that'd be cool. And it's like, you can't tell me that, like, they wouldn't hit click targets if they did something... Well, that was actually, like, meaningful, right? Like, an update on some... on Again, like, if, if they did a story group newsletter that was, like, an update of the galaxy at large, And you telling me that wouldn't get clicks?
0: I missed the classic... You read Star- the shit out of that. Maybe I'm... I, I just missed the classic Star Wars show format. I thought that I worked really well. Um, do you know what I missed as well? Like, you know when they did, like, segments where it was, like, talking to the band churches about their experience with star Wars and like seeing a picture of the lead singer, Lauren dressed as Leia when they're like, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing.
2: I miss like where you get like people who are fans on Kevin Smith or. Yeah, exactly. That like, doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Like, I don't know where, I don't know where, where it starts. Like, I don't, or I don't know where the ideas get stopped. Maybe that's like the better way to, to put it. Um, because i will i will give them the benefit of the doubt that they are creative people <laughs> um i and-
0: guarantee you i guarantee you it's a budget thing 100% 100% it's a budget thing and that's what we see we see a lot of times so you see like when big industries buy out really great news outlets or entertainment outlets and then they get bought by some bigger corporation, you see people like classic names that you associated with that site leave or like not go or just go away. And you see like people like doing like a lot of the same jobs that you were used to before, like just one person doing it, and then you see generic content. It's the same, it's like when everyone like louds on Collider and I'm like, you know that like, Collider like fired a lot of the great journalists and then wanted to <laughs> Wanted to do just do fake joke. Television?
2: Yeah, that's the, oh. that's like the famous one. Well, it's like, well, then if if it's budget, I'm gonna say it's a lack of creativity to work within the the budget you have because they they wanted. It's like they turned into buzz. They decided one day it's like we're gonna make StarWars.com Buzzfeed, and it's gonna be listicles and quizzes and well, that's the odd news. Clicked. The odd news drop. Yeah, but I'm I like. Just, that's... That's the thing no, though I'm like yeah how, how like you can't tell me if you make something of substance for like actual people <laughs> to like enjoy you can't you can't convince me that it it doesn't do better than which which version of Obi-Wan are you
0: yeah. I wish like, I could say you're right you are right it's but some people don't like to take the risk. Some people don't like to take the chance. Oh, that's, and there we, oh yeah, that's You're right.
2: It's, it's you not know
0: funny. Uh, to Tie into a few things we've mentioned. Um, you were saying about like, you know, like taking risks and stuff. One of the biggest things that happened about ten years ago, when they did the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, people complained because all the people that were returning weren't from the classic series. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, how dare you, like. Peter Davison's still alive. <laughs> Why can't he be in it? And what happened was actually, they released like a... Oh, I think England just scored. Hey. So we'll take that. Oh, we get, Oh, we got. Yeah, <laughs> I might be it. a little behind. <laughs> um, But what was great was um, they actually did... Peter Davison produced, wrote, and directed his own little like jokey spin-off thing, which is about the actors and them not getting picked for the 50th. Mm-hmm. Um, which had like people from behind the scenes, classic companions, it had Jenna Coleman in it with Matt Smith. Appeared in the like a dream sequence joke, um, really tongue-in-cheek, really funny. And there's a moment where because this is 2013, there's a joke in it where Sylvester McCoy keeps bragging because he's in The Hobbit, and he's like mm-hmm. filming The Hobbit, and you see him as like Radagast the Brown, like dressed up and stuff. And then there's like one scene where it's like, no, I got to do this for the fans, and so he goes all the way back to the UK. And there's a sequence where, as you were saying about the behind-the-scenes Hobbit things, they show you Peter Jackson on the set of The Hobbit. Like he's like, where, "Where the hell is Sylvester McCoy? Like where is he?" And you see him ringing him up, and then you get this amazing sequence with an actor from the film, and I'll play a little clip of it now, which always makes me laugh. There's a problem with
1: Sylvester. Sylvester who? A <laughs> little bloke. Bird poo.
0: He's just gone. His trailer is empty. He's left a note. Some garbled nonsense about Doctor Who. The same old stuff. It's like, he's just, he's gone. Um, Is there any chance, Sir Ian, that you would be able to do this scene by yourself? Well, i tell you what, Peter. I think it might... Uh...
2: This <laughs> <laughs> a fucking legend.
0: Also, make-
2: also, it was a goal, and what a fucking goal!
0: <laughs> oh, was it?
2: Yeah. Shout He's out Elatoon. Elatoon of my beloved oh. Manchester United. Um, yeah, killing it, killing it out here. Fuck
0: yeah! What a day! It's coming home, Nicky. I
2: think. It, I think you know. It just might. It just might. Um but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's just like it, again, it it all goes back to I think the first thing you said when you brought up Star Trek, like they're having fun with it. And it, it just feels like you can have more fun with what you're making and no and, you're fun not, and you're not doing it. Um and I think I think people in general would feel a lot more um like a part of it and i think you would you would create less bad faith um takes and enthusiast coverage of what you're doing if you're more transparent about what you are like as a group of creators um and i think i think part of part of why stuff has gotten ugly is because it's like again it's like the what 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 are you willing to say to a stranger versus what are you willing to say to someone who you you kind of feel like you know yeah um and so so yeah I mean it's like if there's a more if there i think those when you open the doors to the process not the not the product itself but like the process um then I think people feel more a part of it and yeah like you'll you'll probably have less shit said about you <laughs> by, yeah. by just, you know, people in general. Um So like, I don't, I just don't think it benefits anyone anymore. I feel like just as a, as a culture, we are, we are shifting from um the sort of the seek the secretiveness of, of, you know, of how these things are put together. And it's like, you can, you can have, you can not reveal things and you can also have fun.
0: Yeah, and I I I know for a fact that these people who are behind this as well, like they're they're like us. I don't get why it's like one of the things that really shocked me. I don't know if you watched Miss Marvel, um, which was exceptional.
1: It was uh, so Ama- fun. I loved it.
0: Aman Valani did. I read it like Q and A recently, and it was the funniest thing where she revealed that. It's um... <laughs> so stupid. She revealed. That she had like, she texts Kevin Feige about stuff. Like, oh, is this happening? Like, what's going on? And um, she texts him when the trailer for Spider Man No Way Home came out. And she was convinced, because she wasn't quite sure, she's like, I'm pretty sure that might be like the Hobgoblin, not the Green Goblin. So she texts Kevin Feige and goes, Hi, hi Kevin. Me and my friends were just watching the No Way Home trailer and we're like, Is that the Hobgoblin? Is that Green Goblin? I think it's the Hobgoblin, blah, blah, blah. And then Kevin Feige just fucking tweets back a gif of, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. And then she replied back with the the Frodo, "All right, then keep your secrets." GIF, like that's fun. But like that is fun. Or like with the we, we we're the generation of of fans that grew up watching the behind the scenes Star Wars .dot com hyperspace stuff. That never like I don't know about you, but that never ruined it for me. I wasn't like, no. oh
2: no. Yeah, now I'm not
0: going to watch the film.
2: Things were done differently. Like one of my favorite trailers is the theatrical revenge of the Sith trailer where they basically it's <laughs> like, here's the movie. <laughs> right? Like things things were just different. Like again, it's like like I remember talking to someone a lot younger and being like, "Oh, I love that trailer." I'm like, "Why would you love that trailer? It shows you everything." Like that's not the point, okay. though. No, like, exactly. Like it's, and and
1: uh, I still enjoyed it, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: and also it's like just the notion of the prequels in general. It's like we, like the ending was already like a bit of a known quantity, so it's like,
1: yeah, we know. <laughs> it was just kind of
2: filling in some blanks. Um, but yeah, it's just like shit's different now. It's a different world. Like get, like you know, get get into it. And like I I have my own personal suspicions of who I want to blame. <laughs> <laughs> which I won't put on air. Um, but I feel like I feel like there's just there's a there is a um, there's a, a just one hurdle or there's a, a, one major hurdle in the way that can't get cleared. And it's just like, you could be doing so much more. You just could.
0: For me as well, I think that media literacy is a big issue for things like this. I think I did a lot a little thread about this recently, which was um, the fact that we see a lot of people complaining about problems that they created themselves. Like, for me, the big one was with WandaVision, the whole Misfit. Ever since WandaVision came out, every single Marvel property, which, for some reason, Phase 4 has become now a kicking ball for people to be like, MCG sucks now, just because they don't like the stories, I guess, but the thing that keeps popping up is like the Mephisto joke, which is for me personally, half the fun about these films is that you and the TV shows, especially because you have like more time to explore is that the Mephisto thing was based on context of like stuff from the comic books and just fun, like trying to work out what was going on. The whole point of the, the Vision was that at the beginning it was mainly like a mystery. Like you didn't know if Wanda was the villain. You didn't know whether she was behind it. You didn't know if someone else was behind it. So the fun was is that you're, as an audience, trying to work out what it was. The issue is that sites jumped on that because they knew that people were looking into it. They knew that people wanted to look into the theories on who is Mephisto, blah, blah, blah. So what you saw was a lot of entertainment websites jump on that and write articles like, who is the villain of M- Wonder Vision? Who is Mephisto? And then they have to use language that entices people. So they use language that suggests that that is the, that is the villain. That is what's going to happen. This very shows that this will happen. So when that it doesn't happen, then people get angry. Because now they've been sold a bill of lies. They've been told, oh, well, this was supposed to happen. What a waste of time. Why do we keep talking about Mephisto? It's like, because you... You went. You went from a position of having fun, like exploring, and theorizing to taking it seriously, and then you saw those same websites being like, "Why did Marvel trick us? Why did why were we misled?" It's like
1: you did it. Yeah. Did <laughs> <laughs> no. It yeah, isn't the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> it's the
2: machine. It's like it's like this constant thing where, and it's like that's the thing. Like we can sit here and. Critique it and blah blah blah, but like I think it's gone. Like I think we already lost. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just think it's gonna ever fix itself. And like, because like entertainment journalism, I would say, as somebody from the outside, is not in a healthy place. <laughs> and I'll 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 edit one little thing from that sentence and replace the entertainment with just journalism at home Because that's fair. Screwed. That's fair in general. But um,
1: yeah. But yeah, for
2: this stuff, it's like, and I don't know, I don't know if it's like a chicken and the egg type thing now, or it's like, did journalism bend to stupid people, or did people get stupider because the journalism got bad? <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know how it is, but I know they feed each other. That's for sure. It's, um, it's definitely
0: a, a situation of symbiosis. It's enforced and it's it's a misunderstanding because then because now you see people going into a project with ideas of what they expect to see in it in their brain. So then when, when they don't get it, it becomes the film's problem.
2: Yeah, they did it wrong. Like, yes. oh you didn't you didn't make this right. You didn't make this the right way. And I feel like like for me that, that happened with almost every <laughs> Star Wars thing that like ever happened. But like yep. I noticed it a lot with the bad batch. Like it it almost drove me crazy seeing the shit people were saying about that. Um maybe maybe you got uh, blocked by a few people <laughs> because of uh, what I said about it. Um but like but yeah, it's just like this idea of like you're not making the thing I thought it was going to be and it's so not it's good. And, and, and it's just like how about you go fuck yourself first of all. <laughs> and um <laughs> it's also the idea that characters have
0: to behave in a certain... Like, why, why would a character do that? It's like, why do you do things that you do sometimes? Are you telling me that you've never done something stupid or you haven't been emotionally... You've made a decision based on emotions and gone, do you know what? Maybe if I had some fucking person on the internet go, why are you doing that? I might not have done it. But that's not how
2: life works. It's Well, it's, it's not how like storytelling works. I remember one of the things my teacher said... Was like, um, if you want to go see, like, if you want to go see realistic characters, go watch your neighbor. Yeah, like, <laughs> go watch a movie. Like when you, when you write, make make characters big and crazy. Like like don't don't get so stuck in. Obviously, there's like there's there's like a a line where it's like they have to make sense for themselves, but the, like. The I- whole idea of like, I think a good example is like, um is Peter Quill in, in Infinity War? Yes. Where people are like, they're "Like, why did he do that? Are oh, so stupid? Like, it just doesn't make any sense." I'm like, <laughs> but it's him. Like, and it's it's his fallacy. You know, it's it's everything about who he is that pushed him to do that to fuck it up. Kind of yeah, thing.
0: there's so right. many. There's so many contextual clues for why Peter did that. Namely, people keep seem to forget as well that he was kidnapped as a child. He didn't emotionally grow the way normal people do because he was kidnapped by other people who are like emotionally compromised, like childish kind of people. And also, if I'm sorry, if your loved one was murdered by someone, you wouldn't just stick to the plan. <laughs>
1: You would be like you wouldn't act rationally.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, again, it's it's yeah, like the the literacy with which people consume a story is is fundamentally broken. Like already. Like on a on a large scale it is broken. I don't know how you fix it.
0: I don't think you can. I think
2: you have to just yeah, you have to ignore it because I think yeah. You have to just make your thing and and be
1: deal with people being assholes. Yeah. just just know you're making it
2: for the people who will be there for it and that's that's kind of it
0: i do feel yeah. like yeah with some people i i feel like genuinely like recommending the sims to them because i feel like what they want <laughs> in a story is the sims i remember when episode nine came out and people like so they wanted ben to be like here is my life force Wait a minute. We're all good. Let's leave. We'll go to build a house. We'll have Here a, kid. Is a baby. <laughs> yeah. We will call it R- Uh We're gonna uh, have a. We're gonna have a house and have flat. And you'll see Ben Solo cutting the flowers. But it will be funny because it has got a lightsaber doing it.
2: <laughs> um, like shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like- no, yeah. It's <sighs> like stories are not wish fulfillment. Sorry. <laughs> no. Like, that's, that's why like one of my favorite lines of all time is when Freddie Prince Jr. went fucking off on, on Star Wars. And then he's I like, no, no, this is information, not affirmation. And I was yes. like, oh, I put that on a fucking t-shirt. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not here to make you feel better. I'm here to explain like this. You know what's funny as well? I also
0: saw this recently with, uh... This is such a stupid thing. I hate having to say these words together, but the Jane Austen fandom they are they out there. Like, <laughs> so they made it. There's a new version of Persuasion that came out, which
2: this is the Dakota Johnson one,
0: the Dakota Johnson one. Which, yeah, a lot of them. I have to say this. I'm not going to be. I'm not trying to be biased on purpose. A lot of Americans were very angry about this because people there spoke out against it, um, and. Like for example, our good friend of the show, Clarice from the Independent, wrote a a really great review of the film in terms of like it it was like it got very low score and well well written, well precise way of describing it because people's response was you just don't you just like don't like changing the original source. That's not the case. You can change the original source, but if you change Pretty much everything about that character and the source and the basics of like why that character works, what that character thinks, you must well just make your own story. Like no yeah. one's no yeah. one's saying that you can't just
1: benefiting off of the Jane Austen title anyway.
0: Yeah, like no one's saying that you can't redesign a like a, a famous novel. Like I think one of the best examples is Romeo and Juliet with the Leo DiCaprio film.
2: Romeo but, plus Juliet.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Get it right. But that film. It's still fundamentally about those two characters and that situation they're in. It's just because there's guns in it doesn't mean it's completely different. The only thing that's majorly different is like the time, like difference, like the way it's where it's set and stuff. But you don't. I'd be like saying, "Yeah, this is Romeo and Juliet, but they're not together in it because obviously it's a bit more modern, um, and they don't die at the end like that." Then you might as well just yeah. do your own thing. And with persuasion, yeah. it's like. The dialogue, by the way, the dialogue is so fucking terrible. People are like, no, but you have to understand this is, like, kitschy. I'm like, she says a line which, I I, I know you did screenwriting stuff, Vicky. This line might be the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Which is, I can't remember (laughs) it off the top of my head, so I do apologize. But it's kind of like, he's he's a 10 in Bath, but a 5 in London.
2: I'm like, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I remember seeing that. Tra like a trailer for it, and just being like that just looks like a bad movie, yeah, like, like regardless of being um a new take or an update or whatever they want to call it, like because I remember not like a few years ago didn't they do like a version of Emma with like anya Taylor joy
0: yes and, which like, was-
2: and they were they were they did they did sort of a spin on it, but like it was very still like within the parameters of what you would expect.
0: Exactly, they modernized it, but it didn't disregard the main assets of the character and the fact that, and especially like persuasion is, is a very specific autobiographical autobiogra- tale for Jane Austen. Like, like it's very like to her own heart and like her own characteristics and her own like sadness there, and to sort of like conflate that, you know, like deep portrayal of like the. You know, losing a long last love and meeting them again, and the complications of that with Kitschy like, "Hello, I'm Dakota Johnson." Wink to the camera, flea bag. It's just such a disrespectful, like, and like you said, it's
2: not even that. It's just lame. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, like if you're gonna, like the 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 first rule is make it good, and then. And then you can, then you can play with genre and whatever. But like if it's if it's already on weak weak foundations, then it's like you're just gonna you're just gonna embarrass yourself. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And like even things like you met you brought up Shakespeare. You brought up Romeo plus Juliet. Like you can adapt Shakespeare into things that are very very you know different settings, different um attitudes different lines even than than shakespeare plays and still have it be essentially at its core shakespeare 10 things i hate about you katarina is now cat um like all of these different things and guess what they didn't call that movie the taming of the shrew they called it (laughs) 10 things i hate about you and it is a different story but at the (laughs) core of it but at the core of it, it's still taming of the shrew, but they don't act like we're doing taming of the shrew. Like you can still do, <laughs> and even that sounds like it's more true to the actual story than the rest of it because their motivations are the same. Exactly, and their needs it- and their character and their personalities and who they are is still the same. Just put them in a different time zone and make their vocabulary super nineties. Like that's it. <laughs>
0: like the Lion King is pretty much like Hamlet, you yeah. know. It's
1: not, but they don't call it Hamlet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hamlet. Lion version. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a long, long history of, like, yeah, like, taking, like, those two examples, you know, like, taking the core, but making it its own thing.
0: And even then, like, like we're saying, like, those stories in themselves are based on another story that is just evolved. Like, all stories are just the stories that are based on other stories that evolve. Like, Like, people that think Homer was, like, just an actual, like, Greek dude that went around,
2: coming up with his original ideas. The yellow guy from Springfield. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey, March, I just made a new story called The Odyssey. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's not, like, but even then, like, Homer didn't create those stories from scratch. He didn't just come up with The Odyssey. That's based on thousands of years of -of word-of-mouth stories being told and diluted and him actually writing it down. The, yeah but again like in terms of adaptations and stuff it's it's just about treating stuff for respect and like the reverence like because if you want to make your, that movie make that movie but just don't
1: yeah don't call it that other thing no. don't call it what you inspire what it could like so many things inspire other things just let that be it yeah make it a call, name it a synonym for persuasion coercion there you go there's your movie
0: <laughs> that's a good film
1: <laughs> yeah there you go
0: um Yeah.
1: Inspired by Persuasion.
0: Like, I I remember when one of the things that made me very angry was the American version of of one of my favourite books. And everyone around the world loved it for some reason. And, like, this is exactly how it should be. This is how it should be, okay? And this is perfect. And the person who made it I hate, and then it was revealed that this person was a piece of shit in real life. And I think he's disappeared for a bit. Which is, do you remember when they did... um, it, it was a uh, what's his name Max, what's that nepotism kid Max Landis Max Landis what, and you know famous for his dad chopping people's heads off. Um, he did a version of Douglas Adams' books, uh, Dirk Gently. Oh okay yeah, and it was just the worst. Like, it was just the overblown, <laughs> kitschy, like I think Elijah Wood was in it, Yeah. And it's just like, ugh and everyone's like, This is amazing. Like just if you want to do that, just do your own thing. Don't quit. We had a really good version over here with Stephen Mangan, which was like just so much better Just because of the Britishness of it all. And yeah, it's like it's when people take ideas and but they think they're being that person now, like that like I've inherited the soul of this famous writer and then you re- watch that stuff and you're like, Oh god. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're You're nothing like Dr. Adams. Don't even pretend you could touch him. Ugh. Anyway, that's me done. With the rant. That's, that's my
2: ranting
1: done. <laughs> I liked it. It's
2: been a good. It's been a good rant. <clears throat> the Germans scored also. So. Oh, the day? Oh, fuck that!
1: No, not not the Germans. Oh it's no. It's kind
2: of like a. Well, shitty, shitty ten minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, goddammit.
2: Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think, in long story short, it's. Uh, people sort your shit out. It's kind of. kind of the, the vibe here.
0: Have you ever read uh, any Douglas it? Adams books?
2: Nope. No, I've not read them. I think you like them. Yeah. I
1: Let think, me get through the Star Wars shit. I gotta read first. My God,
0: <laughs> I think you'd like it, Claire. You, 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 you heard Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right?
1: Uh, yes, that is one that I do uh, that? do know.
0: Uh by the way, that film got grossly like under. Well, I love that film adaptation. I think that's oh yeah, that's a good, that's a great one. That cast is just like <clears throat> spectacular. Looking back, like Margarethia. <laughs> He, he, him cast as it's just one of the best Like, and what I love about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is that every time Douglas Adams ad- adapted it to something so originally it was a radio show, then it was a TV show then he made the books properly um, every time he did it, he added something new to it, and he wrote the scripts for the film before he passed away and one of my favourite things he ever did was in that film, which is the point of view gun <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh god. <laughs> oh,
0: I love it so much. I'm looking at uh, quotes from some of his works, and I just I think it's the best. Um it's just like stupid but, like if you try and take a cat apart to see how it works, the first thing you have on your hands is a non working cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: god. <laughs> Thank goodness both of mine are out of the room for you to make these comments. Hmm? My cats.
0: Oh, they're out of the room.
1: Yeah, they left, thank god, just in time for you to say shit like that. You know what they say.
0: I see that. That's another one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Time is an illusion, lunchtime
1: doubly so. That's a good one. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite one about God. It's silence because he doesn't exist.
2: Damn! <gasps> <laughs> That's Claire's opinion on the spot. On the boop, spot. Boop, 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 boop.
0: This is a great this is a great quote from the first book, which is Space is big, really big. You just won't believe how vastly hugely mind bogglingly big it is. I mean you may think it's a long way down the road to the chemists, but that's just peanuts to space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Such a cute way to say it.
0: Uh, In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a good... Good, good book. Also, he wrote... He was a script editor for Doctor Who.
0: I think someone posted about... um, Someone asked me on AMA, like they're interested in getting into Doctor Who. Why should they watch it? And I just put a Douglas Adams quote because those episodes are just spectacular.
1: I'm you still go- refusing oh. to get into Doctor Who. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Okay. One day. We'll see. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: offensive. Absolutely offensive. At least watch one serial. I just like
1: pissing you off. Just
0: watch one serial. With me. Watch City of Death. City of Death is great. I say, what a what a what a violent Butler. <laughs> um, what have you been watching then? Before we wrap up. Before we
1: wrap up, um, let's see. I am now re-watching what we do in the shadows so Ethan can watch it and that has been delightful even though I just watched it for the first time. I'm watching it. Again. Stupid
0: bloody donkey.
1: <laughs> Fucking
0: guy. Um, we
1: just started season two, so oh, okay. it's been it's been good. And um, I just started Severance this weekend, which is creepy. And y'all should watch it. Adam Scott is nominated for Best Actor for an Emmy. The show is nominated for Best Drama. It won't win, I don't think. But it's very interesting. It's a so mindfuck. So, yeah, it's good. It's like Black Mirror, but Adam Scott. And, and uh, I still am not quite sure what's going on. I still don't know. <laughs> but in a good way, in a good way. I can't wait to figure it out.
2: I haven't watched it. Have you, Nikki? No, I've always heard good things, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, wild. You I keep some trailers it. for it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm interested. I still need to watch, what's it called? Um, Succession.
1: Oh, I haven't watched that either. Oh,
0: man, that shit wrecks. There was an interview recently on The Guardian, and I swear to God, it might be the best interview I've ever read. Like, like Sincerely, like the questions asked and then the answers given are so well done and so well written and so well for about. And it was between Brian Cox, the actor and uh, Sir Brian Cox, the um, physicist, the astrologist the
2: astrophysicist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and they're asking questions, about like conflating both art in terms of, cause if you don't know this, Claire, but uh, Brian Cox is this like astrophysicist who's like really cool. Like he's like a younger dude. But he also used to be the keyboardist in a band called D Ream. What I know, like he's like dope, and they was the joke is that they all everyone's like Brian Cox. You're like, which one? Like, who are you talking about? And um, the Guardian finally got them to both do an interview together on like Skype or Zoom or whatever. And it's one of the best interviews I've ever read. Like, I I'm trying to find. I'll just read like one of the questions and answers because it's like absolutely. Um... Uh, Like for example Professor Brian Cox says one of the themes from my live shows is the possibility that we might currently be the only intelligent civilization in the Milky Way the challenge is the possibility that we might destroy ourselves, though through inaction or deliberate action, because we don't have the wisdom to control our own power and what a tragedy that would be, given that we might be the only island of meaning in an ocean of 400 billion suns. Actor Brian Cox I think that's incredibly feasible I have been brought up Catholic, but in the last few years I've become quite atheist. Religion is confusing because we don't acknowledge who we are as humans. One of the reasons fear is so important to me is, why act? Acting is similar to religion, but religion is humanity. Religion is cul-de-sac because it provides peace. Yet here we are, still destroying, our, uh, still dangerously in jeopardy of destroying ourselves. <laughs> That's just the, <laughs> the opening of this, of this whole article. Those are some big brains. Yeah, I know, I, oh, I sent you the link because it's incredible like, just This is Brian Cox the actor saying, I think so Brian Acting is truthful, religion is understandable, but we look to God, Muhammad, or the Pope, but we don't look to ourselves Shakespeare says it all Hold the mirror up to nature He describes it very clearly in Hamlet's advice to the players It's why Shakespeare is such a genius Religion distracts us by saying If we follow this path, we'll get salvation I think it's a crock, quite frankly And the older I get, the more of a crock I think it is <laughs> And then wow. Brian Cox, the professor, goes, it's interesting what you say, Brian. The transfer of responsibility to some external force. Carl Sagan is one of my heroes. His 1994 book, P- uh, Pale Blue Dot, reacts to the image of the Earth taken from beyond Neptune as a single pixel. One line says, we have to understand that nobody is coming to save us from ourselves. Actor Brian. I couldn't agree with him more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: it's, just, it's just I read it, I was like, I was just like in bed reading. it. I was like, I'm in, I'm in by this whole situation. Like, it's such a great <laughs> interview.
1: It's just fascinating. Two fascinating people relating <laughs> to each other on the same level but different avenues. It's interesting. Very interesting.
0: It it, it delves really deep into it as well. Like, there's a bit where he says, um, "You have to have to take you have to take on the notion of selfishness because acting is all about confusion." I had a speech yesterday, filming season 4 of Succession as Logan Roy, talking about human beings being economic units. I ask, what is a person? But get distracted asking, is the cheesecake any good here? The extraordinary thing about Logan, and why I don't see Logan the way everybody else sees him, is that he's a man on the journey of losing it, because he's aligned himself to something that has failed to give him satisfaction, namely that he cannot deal with his own children. The question I first asked was, does Logan Roy love his children? And creator Jesse Armstrong says, "Oh yes, he loves them very much. He constantly gets it wrong and becomes brutalist. That's why he's such a fascinating character. He's so complex." And it's like, oh, I was like, oh my god, I want to watch the show now because, like, just that description of it was just like mind blowing. Anyway,
1: yeah, one day I'm gonna get around to it. I just feel like there's so much of it. I got one season of Succession right now, or not Succession of uh, Severance and. You know, small doses. What are you you watching, Nikki? Before we wrap, oh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say quickly. Succession is a weird. um, Was a weird thing to get into for me because the first season I was like, I, I don't like any of these people, (laughs) and and like, and it got to the point where it's like, it's it's hard to watch something when you you literally don't give a shit about anyone. Um, Yeah,
1: subconsciously you want to root for somebody,
2: right? And then then season two happened, and you're like, oh. I still don't really like anyone, but they're fascinating and I love their chaos. <laughs> and, and it just becomes this like chaos fest. And, and then, then by season three, it was like, oh, you're all still awful people. And I like you and I like your chaos. And then by the end of season three, it's like, oh my fucking God. It's, it's, it's a masterpiece of a show. It's going to, it's going to mop up the next award season. Um, for the drama stuff so
1: I'll say it, it was pretty much every category you could it was succession 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 yeah. succession succession nominated for everything yeah and no it's, it's gonna be
2: it's it's gonna be a, a really um I don't know like where it ends but it's it's every time it just keeps ramping up and up and up so it's yeah that's good
0: well, it's funny as well considering like when I first heard that who create the show it surprised me, but now retrospectively i'm like I'm not surprised at all, like Jesse Armstrong, who created Peep Show. It's the same premise in terms of like when you watch Peep Show, you like the characters in terms of like you think they're funny and you laugh at them, but you don't like them, <laughs> like everyone on that show is pretty much the main characters are pretty much horrendous people, but you're still there,
2: you still can't help but leave well also like I, I remember um. There's like, there's writing in succession where I'm like, you're, you're not just a writer. Like, you've, you've done some shit. You've seen some shit. Like, you don't, you don't just have a dumb writer brain. <laughs> like, you have a real person brain. And then you like go look at what he's done in life. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That, that makes, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, there's, there's just amazing stuff in there. Um, but yeah, as we, as we wrap up, what am I watching? Um, I will, I will plug uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus and The Bear Ooh. on Hulu. Fucking genius television. Oh, man. Uh, I got It stresses me out. The restaurant on what? what is it?
1: I literally just walked past it yesterday. I walked past M- Mr. Beef that it's based on. Oh, And really? that it was filmed at. Yeah, it was filmed at Mr. Beef and based on Mr. Beef. And like everything is Mr. Beef. Is that a strip club? I literally yeah. walked by it yesterday. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Chicago so th-
2: The pre the premise of the show is essentially um a young chef like young culinary prodigy is left a little like hole in the wall type place um by his brother and he has to like go run it.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
2: And yeah, it's it's and amazing. It's it's, it's
1: intense. It's, ama- it's well not intense, but I didn't even I didn't of. even find oh, it man. that
2: stressful. It's like there's just like a lot of shouting See, at times.
1: I find it stressful because it gave me instant war flashbacks to in the kitchen being screamed at by the chef, yeah. kind that's, of like that's flashbacks. That's what I, that's what like, I hear. oh no 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 yeah. Yeah. no 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 it stresses me out so much because I'm like, oh I have been here, I've worked with these people and you grow to love these people, you really do, but they're all horribly flawed people who say some really fucked up things to each other and to you, and they're going to break you down as a human being, but nobody else is allowed to fuck with you. Only they are allowed to fuck with you, and it's this really weird, messed up like environment. Claire, we're right here. And it's- <laughs> exactly, but that's why it was so stressful for me to watch. I needed to take a break because I'm like, I've worked in this kitchen. And this kid, and it's, and I am really happy that I'm out <laughs> of this industry. But a lot of people are bonding over it. It just stressed me out, man.
2: Yeah. It. Um. So the the penultimate episode is entirely a wonner, and it's a real one. Wow. It's not an edited one. Mm. Um And I. Uh, what's the name? The the lead actor. I can't remember his name. It's like Jeffrey something oh, or um, Jeremy something. I don't. Um,
1: uh, jeremy allen white
2: there you go yeah he was like we practiced it five times that morning like they were rehe- they rehearsed it
1: several one, times
2: one to uh, to just go and and it's like what like 20 minutes of of just like it's like a it's like a play um and it it's incredible and the ending the ending is so good that i know it i saw it it already got season two, and the ending is so good. I'm like, you don't even need season two. You just you just fucking nailed it, like right there. Um, so, so yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. Go watch it.
1: I'll get around to it. I'll yeah, it's on the list. Put my my thinking cap on and disconnect emotionally.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, speaking There's of also that this, made me like literally burst out laughing. That involves. Um, that's what I want to say it, <laughs> it involves ecto cooler <laughs> oh.
1: oh wait I've seen that part <laughs> I have seen that part
0: well speaking about Amazing. disconnecting intelligently I think it's time we wrapped up let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> right thanks guys for listening to our ramble we'll be back next time with more shit Uh, bye <laughs>